welcome back to another episode of Not A Normal Football Podcast. My name is Alex Dwyer, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Russell Zillman. This week, we've got some pretty big contracts that were signed. We're just going to be breaking down a couple of our favorite ones. We have a big win in the quarterback department for a very special football team for this podcast. We have a huge signing for another one of our teams and then we're going to be going into some of our first game expectations for both the Bears and the Titans as well as some of that training camp buzz that's been going around the Bears and Titans surrounding the 2020 NFL season. We are finally here tomorrow. September 10th is the first game of the NFL season. We weren't sure if we'd make it but here we are. Russell how are you feeling? Alex, this has got to be the most excited I've felt for either for any of our podcasts thus far. Um, it's it's starting tomorrow. It's finally kicking off. Uh, we made it through the summer. We started off the podcast and well, I mean, it was it was right before the combine or it was right after the combine, and there, there was a lot going on with the NFL and that. But we made it through the dry spell that is the summer. There were, there was not much training camp. There was no rookie mini camp. There, there was a just because of Corona and everything else going on, and it's finally kicking back up. Tomorrow, you guys will probably be hearing this uh, t- uh, on Thursday. We're recording it on Wednesday. But Texans and the Chiefs are taking on. They're they're going to play an awesome ball game. And then Sunday, Sunday, I'm going to be listening to the or watching football all day long and just eagerly waiting that Titans kickoff at 9:20 on Monday night. So I am just ecstatic. The football season is finally upon us, and I cannot wait to do this podcast tonight. Just so, I mean, it's great to do it, but also that's one hour closer to watching actual football be played on an NFL field. So I am absolutely ecstatic, and we're just going to get right in here, um, talk about some contracts. Um, A few big contracts have been signed within the last week to 10 days, and the first one I'm going to be talking about real quickly is the DeAndre Hopkins contract with the um, Arizona Cardinals. So as you all recall, um, he was tra- he was traded to the Arizona Cardinals in around March or April of the 2020 offseason. Now he signed in a, a two-year extension on his deal, which is worth $54 million per year. So that's about $27 million per year. But with this extension, it's making his contract about a five-year deal worth $98 million. So he is now a top five or so paid wide receiver in the NFL, which is easily worth what his value is. Um, I'm so happy he's not in the division anymore. I said this a whole lot um, in just a few of our first podcasts because that was right around the time he got traded. He got paid. He deserves to be paid. Really interesting thing. He actually didn't uh, use an agent for this. He negotiated the deal all by himself. So that's really interesting. But he got he got paid, deserves it. So that's the DeAndre Hopkins deal that just happened just this past week. Yes. And like you said, no one deserves that money more than DeAndre Hopkins, who's my number one receiver. The next one that we've got is Tredavious White of the Buffalo Bills signed a four-year, $70 million extension, which made him the highest-paid corner until our next guy that we have. And it was very short-lived. And... Let me just say the 2017 draft 
was home to some very, very, very good players. And one of those top guys on my list is Tredavious White of the Buffalo Bills. He's an absolute cornerstone of that defense, one of the best cover corners in the NFL, and lived up to that 27 overall pick. He has $55 million guaranteed for that contract. And what in his own words is I'm still in shock. And what he wants to do is just help his parents retire with that money. And I think that's pretty damn awesome. Uh, I love Tredavious White. I think he's one of the best guys in the league, one of the best players in the league. And I'm really excited that the Bills have locked him down to just be a cornerstone of that defense for four years. Um, Things are really looking up in Buffalo. And as mentioned before, he was the highest paid corner in the league until... Until another past AFC South flame got his big contract, and that's Jalen Ramsey of the Los Angeles Rams, who got a five-year, $105 million deal, and now he is the highest-paid cornerback and defensive back of all time. This was a deal that I think many expected to be done. He's making about $21 million a year. He is a top three cornerback in this league, right up there with Tredavious White and Stephon Gilmer of the New England Patriots. This was something that people have been anticipating happening for a long time. I mean, they traded two first-round picks to acquire Jalen Ramsey's services last season, and um, Les Snead paid the man like many thought he would. A lot of big contracts have come out of L.A. recently, specifically Jared Goff and Aaron Donald contracts, and now Jalen Ramsey is right up there. Um, He's making a lot of money. He backs it up with his play. And I, he deserves a contract. I'm not sure how the Rams are going to be able to function, especially if the cap goes down as much as it's rumored to next season. So we'll see. But Jalen Ramsey secured the bag, uh, and he's just like one of the many other players we've talked about that was able to secure the bag this offseason. A lot of huge contracts this offseason, which is kind of odd, but you want to lock up your great players in such a odd time. So I get it. But um, so those were our quick contract picks. And then Alex is going to take us into something that he is excited about. Yes, sir. We have officially gotten a starting quarterback for week one for the Chicago Bears. The battle between Mitchell Trubisky and former Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles is finally over. The number two overall pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, Mitchell Trubisky, will be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears going into week one against the Detroit Lions. And I am stoked that number 10 won this job. I have been on record saying that Mitchell Trubisky will be the starter for this job. And I truly believe that Mitchell Trubisky is primed to have a much better year than his 2019 campaign. And all the rest of his teammates are really, really excited about Mitchell Trubisky. Um, Right tackle Bobby Massey was quoted saying, no matter who would have won it, we would have been ready to block for him. But Mitchell went out and got it. Mitch earned that job. Allen Robinson saying to see him start is not surprising. When you put in the work, you get the results. And then finally, Anthony Miller, another one of Mitchell Trubisky's receivers, is with Trubisky being the starter, we've been getting better. I've seen I've been seeing changes in him that I haven't seen before. I'm just eager to get into the season and face the Lions. Bears Twitter is a little bit surprised, but Bears Twitter and Bears Facebook is probably the most toxic fan base you'll ever see <laughs> in the NFL. And 
but everyone else, the beat writers, the teammates, his coaches, everyone is rooting for Mitchell Trubisky to finally solidify himself as worthy of that number two overall pick. Now, I do believe that Trubisky is the better quarterback for this, and a lot of that relies on head coach Matt Nagy. I don't believe that Matt Nagy is a good play caller whatsoever. Last year, we saw this offense take a huge downturn, and I think a lot of that was just because Matt Nagy didn't let Mitchell Trubisky do what Mitchell Trubisky does, which is run the ball. Uh, Trubisky is a prolific scrambling quarterback, And last year, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky had over 200 rushing yards when the year prior, when he went to a Pro Bowl, even though it was as a reserve, he did make the Pro Bowl. uh, Mitchell Trubisky had over 500 rushing yards. So um, the big change there is Matt Nagy just didn't want Trubisky to run the football and tried to make Trubisky something that he's not, which is a pocket passer. And another thing, the offensive line was awful last year. But hopefully with Juan Castillo stepping in as um, the new offensive line coordinator instead of Mark Helfrich, who was just awful, that entire offensive line was terrible last year. Um, I really expect good things from Mitchell Trubisky, obviously with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson both getting big contracts that really forces Mitchell Trubisky's hand to see if he can win himself a contract not the same as those guys, but at least win him a contract for the team that he was drafted by. Um, I'm expecting good things from Mitchell Trubisky. I will leave it a little bit reserved. Every week, I anticipate having a Mitch meter where we'll kind of see where my feelings are on Mitchell Trubisky, and maybe we'll watch me descend into madness. We'll see, but... Hopefully that's not the case. Uh, I'm on Mitchell Trubisky's side, and I'm really excited that he won this job. Yeah, yeah, Alex. I was when when you texted it to me, I was excited for you as well. Um, I was with my girlfriend, who's also an avid Bears fan, and she she's maybe a little more skeptical of uh, Mr. Trubisky himself. But regardless, she wants the best quarterback to play, as I'm sure many uh, Bears fans and any fans for their football team also want. They want their best quarterback to be the starter. Um, so regardless of who that is, um, she trusts the Bears front office, and I think it's an exciting thing. Um, even as a Titans fan, with the Bears being my second team, I have done a lot of Trubisky defending to actually my girlfriend's extended family, her parents. They're both big time Trubisky haters, and I was I was I came to his defense many times against them. Um, but uh, they 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 felt a little vindicated last year. But um, hopefully he can come back and prove them wrong. Um, I'm I'm excited for him. I'm happy he's the starter. I think he's going to be able to do good things, especially if Nagy kind of goes back to how things were in 2018 when the Bears went 12 and four, and like you said, Trubisky made the Pro Bowl. Uh, he they went, they, they went to the playoffs, they did a lot of good things that season. And we're going to move it. And actually, before we move on to the Titans and a big signing that I'm sure all of you know about, I cannot believe we forgot the Deshaun Watson deal, which I'm going to break down really quickly. Um, Deshaun Watson now going into his fourth year as a Houston Texan. He was in that great uh, draft class in 2017 with Trubisky and Mahomes. He just got paid a four-year deal worth $160 million. The Texans got it done. and I really did not think they were going to get it done, but they they signed their guy. They signed their franchise quarterback, and he's going to get another big deal when he's about 28 so that's super exciting for him. 
He's a really great quarterback. We've taught, we've sung his praises on this podcast a lot. Easily a top five quarterback, and it's just going to keep getting better. Uh, any quick thoughts on that, Alex? Before you hop into the, to my news. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. It was a 160 mil over four years. I believe that puts him right under Patrick Mahomes for the most guaranteed money. I believe it's 120 of that 160 that's guaranteed. So with someone who has the injury history that Deshaun Watson does, that's a no-brainer. I am surprised that he stuck around in Houston despite everything that's going on there. But hey, if they can build a team around there, get rid of Bill O'Brien, I think that they are set with Deshaun Watson. But that is not the big signing for us. We have some big news down in Tennessee. Russell, you want to kick that off? Yes, I will take it away. And the six months of agony, of ag, of just agony, just awaiting this signing, it, it finally happened. Jadavian Clowney is officially a Tennessee Titan, and it just makes me I haven't taken a smile off my face since he signed that contract on late Saturday night. Uh, I remember everything going on and Friday night. Oh, he's coming to he's coming to Tennessee. The Saints are making a late round push, but they might not get him. And then Saturday night he he signed the deal. But oh wait, no, he didn't. He's still here in offers. And some insiders were saying he was a Tennessee Titan somewhere, and everything was going on. But then finally Sunday night, it was completely or Sunday morning rather, it was a hundred percent. Completely confirmed, Jadavian Clowney is a Tennessee Titan. Most likely the biggest free agent the Tennessee Titans have ever signed. It's such an exciting thing. He, uh, I don't just want to be a hype man, but all I'm feeling is the hype, you know? I've been wanting this guy all offseason. I've, I've made it very clear in this podcast. I've made it clear with Alex. I've made it clear with everybody who knows me when it comes to my NFL feelings. I've wanted Clowney in two-tone blue, and I would have done anything to see it happen. And when it comes down to the contract... It's really not a bad contract. Um, I'll go over that real quickly. So he has a base salary of $5.25 million with a $6.25 million signing bonus. So that puts him at this year for having a $11.5 million guaranteed money for him. So no matter what, he's getting that money. And then he has a bunch of um, active game bonuses. Um, and then he has some playing time incentives, some a Pro Bowl incentive, a 10-sack in, incentive. So overall... Um, he is his cap hit this year is a twelve point seven million dollar cap hit for a one year deal. I'm really excited. It can go up to fifteen million based on the if he hits the incentives or not. This is a really good signing. It's about the same as um, what we're going to be paying Jarrell Casey this year, who we traded to the Denver Broncos for a seventh round pick. So really, it's like we traded Jarrell Casey for Jadavian Clowney. Um, because it also it was one of Gerard Case's last years of his deal as well. Davian Clowney is going to do really good things for this defense. He's an absolute game wrecker. He's gonna he's gonna really help um, our second year first round pick Jeffrey Simmons come out the woodworks and be that successor to Jarrell Case that we're wanting him to be. It's going to help Harold Landry, our third round pick, um, or our second round pick in 2018, really have a great third season. He's been showing improvement. He's been getting better, but there's not been any true outside linebacker across from him that can really make teams game plan around him. And now with Jadavion Clowney, it's going to be a no-brainer. He's going to be eating up the double teams. Harold Landry is going to be a one-on-one. Jeffrey Simmons is going to be one-on-one. Our, we have a very good nose tackle as well in Daquan Jones. Our defensive line is looking very good. And I am just, I'm over the moon about this signing. Even if we only have him for one year, it's 
it's it's a thing that's never happened to the Titans before. We haven't had this kind of this kind of free agent come to us before, choose us before. He could have gone to the Saints. He could have gone to the Browns for way more money than the Titans. He could have re-signed with Seattle, but he chose to come to the Titans. He chose to come play in a scheme that he's familiar with to hopefully cash out next year. And I hope that we can be the ones to re-sign him next year, especially if he has a great season with us. But I'm hoping that in the future, now free agents are going to want to come to Tennessee. They're going to want to see the culture change because hopefully Jadavian Clowney is setting that up for us. I am just... I'm over the moon, Alex. What it's are awesome. your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I could say anything Ugh. that you haven't already said, man. I'm stoked to see this. An already really good defense just got one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. This is a win-now move for a team that was already in the AFC Championship that already has a lot of the pieces and had a very, very solid draft. This team's ready to go, man, and it's it's huge. And if there's anything that you can do to help try and stop Patrick Mahomes in that AFC championship game that we both have uh, a repeat of, then you you get the right guy. You get the guy that gives you a chance to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes, which is what we saw happen in the Super Bowl when the 49ers were getting a bunch of pressure on Pat. Pat struggled, and then they let up on it. And suddenly Patrick Mahomes went Patrick Mahomes and obviously the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So it's much like with Tom Brady in the Super Bowls against the Giants where if you get the right pressure on him, he's going to struggle. I think that's with any quarterback. We saw it with Peyton Manning against the Seahawks. So you build that defensive line to stop guys like Patrick Mahomes. And that's exactly what the Titans have done with this kind of move. And I'm really excited to see what happens of it. Uh, I can't, cannot wait to see what goes on there. And I know that we'll be talking about it a lot on this podcast because um, mostly during this season, I think it's going to be a lot just Bears and Titans, maybe touching on some of the bigger games that happened, you know, some injuries maybe, or... Uh, some of those things, but for a lot of this season, I think our time is going to be spent on Bears and Titans. So really excited to see where both of these things go with Mitchell Trubisky and with Jadavion Clowney. So we have our first game expectations. I'm going to start with the Bears. I think this is a win. I know a lot of people somehow, some way are surprisingly high on the Detroit Lions. A lot of people. And I was looking at the NFL.com power rankings and they actually had Chicago at 24, which I think is pretty egregious. And I think a lot of that has to do just with number 10. If there was probably anyone else besides number 10 at QB, the Bears would be higher. But even then, I don't agree with their ratings because Arizona's at 23, which is... I don't know how that's the case. Then you have teams like LA at 17. You have the Browns at 19. It's just these power rankings to start the season just aren't making any sense to me. But the thing is, Mitchell Trubisky is absolutely lights out against the Lions. Year in and year out, he destroys the Lions. He's never played a bad game against the Detroit Lions. And because of this, I don't think that the Lions stand a chance. Um, 
Mitchell Trubisky has been the lion slayer for the past three years. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky's never lost against Detroit, so uh, he's not going to lose again with a better defense than he had last year with hopefully a better offensive line. And you also have Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet there instead of Adam Shaheen and whoever the hell else was over there. So I'm really excited about this. And one guy that we brought up um, that made the cut on the roster, I don't know how, but I'm really excited, is running back Ryan Nall, who was a preseason superstar um, just this past year. Really excited that he made this team. And I think we could see some action from him because David Montgomery's groin injury is still a little bit of a thing. And um, I believe it was Tariq Cohen that said you can't really tell that he had a groin injury. But I'm going to say that it's going to be a game time decision if David Montgomery plays. So if he doesn't, Ryan Nall is going to get some carries. And I'm really excited to see that. Or we could just have running back Cordero Patterson get a lot of carries which is just going to be weird. And uh, another injury that the Bears have that was a little bit of a concern for today was Robert Quinn was held out of today's practice. It was an ankle, but it doesn't seem like it's that big of an injury, but hopefully that's the case and we see Robert Quinn out there. Uh, Otherwise, I do think Chicago gets this W. I'm not high on the Lions. However, if Matthew Stafford's healthy, uh, I'm never going to count out Detroit. But that's a big question mark is if we get a healthy Matthew Stafford out there. If that's the case, him and Kenny Galladay are always going to be pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can never count out that that great connection they got going up there in Detroit. But I'm also I also got the Bears for this game. I just I'm not sold on what the Lions are doing. Their defense doesn't look very well put together. They're starting young guys. Um, just not a lot of experience in some spots over there in Detroit. And I mean, their offense has, I feel like at this point it's kind of stagnant almost. I mean, they got DeAndre Swift, who's an electric running back. Um, definitely going to end up being the starter there, but they also picked up Adrian Peterson. So maybe he's not going to get as many touches as they want. Um, but I, I, I too have the bears, um, but we will, we'll transition on over to the Titans Broncos game, which is kicking off. The second spot of Monday Night Football at 9.20 Central Time. So I'm going to be up late, but I wouldn't have it any other way to see my Titans take on the Denver Broncos. The previous defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, Vic Fangio, led Denver Broncos. That's going to be a fun one. Last year, we played the Broncos, and we got shut out. That was Mariota's benching. That was a really hard game to watch as a Titans fan. That was an exceedingly difficult game to watch. Um Tannehill came in in relief, and he didn't. He looked all right. He looked better than Mariota, but he didn't look like there was much to be inspired. And after that game, we dropped to two and four. And a lot of our hopes, I mean, most of the people on the subreddit, just on the Facebook, on Twitter, it just a lot of people weren't feeling too good about the season last year. But we ended up turning around. That that Broncos game was it was a real wake up call for the entire organization. And I think this year, I'm not. I've been ambiguous about if I think I've been honest in the fact that it could always be a close game with the Broncos throughout, throughout the off season. And I, I still feel that way, even though Von Miller now has a season ending season ending injury. You hate to see that to a guy like Von Miller, a real great guy. 
And it's too bad he's not going to be able to get to play this year. And then Bradley Chubb, their other star defensive end, he is also being held out with a nagging injury. So it's likely they're not going to have either of their starting defensive ends in there. So that that's good news for the Titans. But at the same time, I, I think we can pull the win out. I really do. The only thing that worries me is the fact that we're playing in mile high and they've been training there for six weeks. And we had a shortened off season because of Corona and, you know, not many people are very conditioned well. So the Titans, who are coming in from Nashville, are going to go up to Mile High Stadium and take on the Broncos, where they've been training in those conditions for a month. And the Titans have not or even been able to really simulate those conditions. It's hard to play in Mile High. It's really difficult. It, it's a completely – it's the, probably the best or second best home field advantage in the entire sport just because of the altitude there. It's, it's really difficult to play. And – I still think the Titans can pull this W out, especially because I think it's going to take a few games for that Broncos offense that has so many weapons after this offseason to really start to gel. And their defense isn't looking too hot with the loss of Chris Harris, with their really only starting caliber cornerback being A.J. Bouye, who's getting pretty old. So I think A.J. Brown's going to be able to burn him. Khalif Raymond's probably going to be able to burn him. They have a good um, safety tandem back there with Kareem Jackson and um, uh, what's his name? He was so good this year. His, his name is, his name is oh. mistake. It's, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, he, he, he was like it. a second team. He was a second team off pro. I, it's just, it's all right. It's all right. It doesn't matter. But um, I think the Titans can pull this W out. I really do. But I think it's going to be a close kind of trenches fueled game. I mean, we're a running team. We're a run first offense and I'm really thankful. I'm not thankful but it's it's going to be easier for us because of their injuries to their defensive linemen and their outside linebackers. So that's going to be good on Derrick Henry. It's going to be good on our offensive line. Um, we're, we're going to be able to continue forward with some momentum here. But I think it's going to be a closer game than some might realize just based on that home field advantage the Broncos have with playing in that altitude all the time. I think the Titans are still going to get the W, but I think it's going to be a slog and it's going to be a close game the whole time yeah yeah i feel that too um it's definitely going to be much closer than maybe we would like to see but without von miller we'll see how that defense really is um that's a big loss besides saying they got some they got some odd inside linebackers starting some some guys who really shouldn't be starting probably and you know if you have von miller if you have bradley chubb if you have these transcendent type of players on the edge you're able to cover up some of your deficiencies, you know, in the secondary or in your middle seven or your middle four with your inside linebackers, but they're not going to have either of them. And that's, that's going to be really hard on that defense. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be a really fun game though. I'm looking really forward to oh, it. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be staying up late too. Yes, uh, sir. It's football, man. I'm not, yeah. I've been waiting so long for this. Uh, I usually even watch preseason just because it's football. I've been watching these just, god-awful college football teams playing <laughs> playing ball i don't even remember who it was it was teams that i've never even heard of schools that i didn't know existed but i was watching it it's football and yeah. it was actually good football because both teams were terrible and yeah. uh navy neither got of them blown up yeah right navy got blown up oh god Jeez. yeah uh, <laughs> last time i checked 48 to 3 uh yeah. horrible 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 it ended about that way yeah yeah so now we've got just a little bit of training camp buzz. Um, for me, uh, 
Not a whole lot going on in Chicago besides the Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles battle. However, Eddie Pinero has been put on IR, um, which could be for just three weeks. However, Cairo Santos, or as John Fox would eloquently put it, Carlos Santos, uh, was on the team and then cut. But then Eddie Pinero was put on IR after Santos was cut. So now the Bears have to bring Santos back. So a little bit weird there. And they had to wait like a couple of days before they could sign Santos. So who knows who the kicker is going to be in Chicago. Uh, if the Bears lose on a kick, I'm going to be very, very, very angry, my friend. So that sucks. Eddie Pinero is good. I'm not the biggest Pinero fan, but I think he's been a quality kicker for us, especially since Cody Parkey, uh, definitely better than that. So other than that, not really a whole lot going on. Jalen Johnson will get the start at corner. So that's really exciting. I'm really excited to see what he does for the bears and him and Kyle Fuller are just going to be, uh, hopefully rock solid together. I, hopefully this is what we saw when, you know, Peanut Tillman was a pretty, pretty older veteran around the same age. And then Kyle Fuller stepped up and you've got just two rock solid corners. It's been a long time since Chicago's really had that. So I'm looking really forward to seeing them do their thing. And Tashawn Gibson's been named the starting free safety or strong safety. No surprises there. Um, I think it was expected that that was going to happen. So we've got just pretty much the Bears roster that we expected to see. Um, I already talked about Ryan Nall. I'm really excited and hopefully he gets some carries. I mean, he was fantastic in the preseason games that I saw and was on the practice squad last year just because we had some pretty good depth there. But hopefully uh, David Montgomery is healthy. But if he's not, I really do believe that Ryan Nall could be a sleeper uh, hit here for Chicago and that more people... We'll see what we can do. So what have you been hearing from Titans? Yeah, so um, I'll also talk about our kicking. We had a kicking competition as well this year. Um, we were we were putting Greg Joseph, a former Carolina Panther. He is who ended. He is who was our kicker at the end of the last season. Um, we had quite the revolving door at kicker last year. I, I know you know the pain of having bad kickers, Alex. Being a Chicago Bears fan the last couple of years, but – Alex, the Titans had one of the worst um, kicking rooms in the last 40 years. Uh, we went eight for 18 on field goals, and during the last eight last eight games of the season, you know, from November 3rd until the playoffs, we made one kick, one one field goal was made, and we only attempted what uh, we attempted like six field goals in the last eight games of the regular season and only one was made we, we just shit. went for we had a horrible kicking room we had ryan suck up he was super injured and he we cut him then we hired then we um brought in cody parkey who i'm sure just sent shivers down the back of your spine yeah. alex and then um he after that. that yeah yeah he cody parkey sucked we cut him too we brought in some dude like cairo santoso or something he was he was also bad and then we ended up going with Greg Joseph, who was decent on his extra points the la- down the stretch. In fact, he didn't miss any extra points um, from when we brought him in. But then um, he, he only attempt- he attempted one field goal. 
and then he missed uh, three of them. He was, or he attempted three field goals, made one, missed two. We've just had horrible kicking. It's it's been really rough, and we went into this off season with a kicking battle with Greg Joseph and a rookie kicker out of Missouri, Tucker McCann. Um, neither one of them impressed us in the training camp. So we ended up bringing ex new England Patriot in Steven Gotskowski. Um, he is now our kicker. He, he went down with an injury last year and he had probably his worst statistical season of his very good NFL career. He's been a very good kicker for the new England Patriots for about 13 years. He's been really good for them, but now he is a Tennessee Titan. We really are the Patriots South. I'm hopeful that we can actually have a stable kicking room. We have just had a – it's just been horrible. It's been so sad to see. You know, we have such a good punter. We got the best punter in the NFL. But um, this this guy, we've just – last year was abysmal for kicking. So hopefully um, Goskowski can bring in some sort of um, semblance of normalcy there. He can make field goals he's supposed to make. He can actually get us touchbacks. We had like a bottom five touchback rate last year. Super bad. And hopefully you can just hit these these extra points. That's all I want. You know, I just want like someone who's like 90% accurate on field goals or even less. Like I don't even – he doesn't need to hit like a 45-yarder. Just, just go for 40s. 40 and less. That's all I need. That's all I crave. And, you know, make like – 95% of the extra points like that's so much better than what we had last year so I just want something average and hopefully Goskowski can give that to us and then a few uh, that so that's some that's some at least optimistic news coming out of the Titans camp um, during the offseason a couple other things um, this is kind of a weird thing but Isaiah Wilson our first round uh, tackle out of Georgia he was not slated to start this season but he is now on the COVID-19 list again. Um, he was on it when camp first started back in August. And now he's on it again because he went to a party at Tennessee State and thought about jumping out a window to stay away from the cops. So I'm a little worried about Isaiah Wilson. Um, I, I, Here's the thing. I don't really care how he is on the field right now when it comes to playing. He was he was going to be a project. You know, that's how it was going to be. He was he was he was kind of a he may have been a bit of a reach at the end of the first round, but he wasn't expected to start. We had a long-term swing tackle that we re-signed to a 3-year deal in Dennis Kelly, a guy who was who was competent, who can start games at an NFL level and and he can do it. He can hold up his side of the offensive line. He did a lot in 2017 when, or in 2018 when Jack Conklin wasn't playing too well. And I was I was confident in Dennis Kelly. I mean, I didn't even think we were taking a tackle in the first round. But when I when I saw we took Isaiah Wilson, I saw that his upside is vast is vastly higher than Dennis Kelly's. He he is just an absolute mauler. He is a mammoth. And I was I ended up being pretty happy with the pick. You know, I, I was excited to hopefully eventually get a Pro Bowl, all pro caliber right tackle to to pave the way for Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill for the next five, six years. I was excited. Um and I didn't expect him to start at all this year, and I definitely don't now because his his camp has been pretty brutally bad. He isn't even he wasn't even slated to be the backup right tackle. He at this point he is a third string right tackle for us, which is you you hate to hear, um, but I, I think he can get better. I'm not I'm obviously not about to call him a bust. That's ridiculous. I see people on the Reddit and the Facebook calling him a bust. Like he hasn't even played a snap of NFL football yet. You guys need to chill out, but. 
I'm just worried he is very immature. I mean, the dude's younger than me. He's 21 years old. So, I mean, if I became a millionaire when I was 21, I would have done so many stupid things. I get it. I But I get it. I, I really do. And I want him to grow up and get old and kind of act a bit older than he is. It's, it's hard to say. Like, I'm not trying to put unex, un, like, give him expectations that are unfounded. You know, like, like I just I just want him to act a little more mature. And at this point, I'm really tasking Taylor Luan, our left tackle, our three-time pro bowler, our leader of our offensive line, to take him under the wing, you know? Just be like, come on, man. You you got to listen to us. You, you can't be doing this stupid stuff. Like, John Robinson, he gives up on picks that don't pan out. He does it pretty quickly. And that's just how it is. He's a pretty shrewd GM. It's, it's the Belichick way. And I just hope that... Isaiah Wilson can kind of grow up this season and at least act more like the first round pick he is, the the expected starter in the NFL. I get it, he's super young and he's going to act like a kid. He's going to go to parties even though that's I don't get that. That's really stupid. There's no excuse for that. That there's no excuse for that at all. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no excuse for that at all. That's not defendable. I just hope he grows up. Um, so not great things from Isaiah, Isaiah Wilson, our first round pick. Um, and now we also have Vic Beasley, who was another one of our free agents uh, in the offseason. He has now officially started practicing for us as well. He had he didn't report for camp for like a week. It was super weird. He just he wasn't telling anybody what was going on. He was not being super vague. Um, apparently his, there was a death in his family. and He just didn't tell the coach or general manager or anybody um, but he eventually did report, and then he failed his physical. So that was also bad. <laughs> so he hasn't practiced yet, um, but now he has. He has now started practicing at the same time. Clowning, he came in today. Both Clowning and Vic Beasley practiced today. So that's that makes my pass rush bones very gleeful. I'm just not sure if Vic Beasley's really into football that much. Um, he seems like he maybe doesn't have his heart fully in the game. I don't know. But, yeah, there's there's been some weird things going on in the Titans camp. Um, not, I mean, I'm not going to act like anything's been bad. The players who are supposed to look good have looked good. We haven't had any injuries, really. We've been extremely healthy. All of our starters have been healthy, at least. So it, that's been really positive. You know, there's been nagging things here and there, but nothing bad at all. So we're going to start our projected starters on Monday night, which is really exciting. Um, but nothing super crazy, like no rookie free agents who have really shown that they should be part of this team or anything. So nothing like that, but just just a pretty average camp with our right tackle just seeming like a child. So that, that's what I got for the Titans camp here. Yeah, man. Uh, we actually have quite a bit more time than I thought we would. And there's something there's something that's been bugging me uh, the past couple of days, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, so... As as our listeners know, we are very anti Madden NFL. Oh yes. Um. And uh, look, I like that they have done what they did, but the way that they did it and the timing of it is just just really bad. Okay. Um. Colin Kaepernick has been added to Madden NFL 21, which when I saw that I was like, okay. Cool. You know, some people can live out that uh, Colin Kaepernick thing. Um, uh, we are all in support of Black Lives Matter and any of the racial injustice um, protesting and all of that stuff. So, um, however, 
he has an 81 overall rating in Madden NFL 21. And just let me let me tell you some of these guys that he's better than. And mind the listeners that Colin Kaepernick has been out of the league for four years. And even then, he wasn't spectacular when he got benched for Blaine Gabbert. So if you want to put him around some of these other guys that I'll get to, sure. But currently, he is better than Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Joe Burrow, and then if you want to get into some of these guys, maybe I could give you a pass. So you've got your Teddy Bridgewaters, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton, Daniel Jones, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Nick Foles. Some of those guys, sure. I can give you those. If he was around like that 73 mark, better than Daniel Jones, Mitchell Trubisky, Andy Dalton, I can give you that. But you're going to put him above Ryan Tannehill and right at Ben Roethlisberger and right under Kirk Cousins? Crazy, man. And it just, because the game's so broken, I haven't played it and I refuse to play it, Um, which is sad because I've played Madden every year since Madden 03, but it sounds like the game's terrible. And this is just a big PR stunt uh, to get people to try and buy the game. But uh, uh, I'm not a fan of how they did it. What they did, sure. Yeah, I'll back that. But, ooh, ooh it grinds my gears, my friend. Yeah, man. Um, Kaepernick, he should obviously be in this league. He really did get blackballed. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being I, – obviously. I mean, he's a good enough player to at least be a backup. At least I mean, be maybe a backup. He, yeah, I mean, maybe he's wanting to get paid a little bit more, which could – is some people's arguments for why he's not in the league, but I don't want to get into that. But an 80 and really, really, actually you really like, we don't need this damage control. Like put him in the game, give him a 73. Just to be honest. Like it's okay. Shoot. I, just put him in the game. Like it doesn't even matter what his rating is. I mean, to a point, you know what I mean? Just like how low it is. Just give him a low rating. It doesn't matter. Just put him back in the game. He got a freaking face scan. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of good players who don't even have freaking face scans. Yeah. Madden Madden could have its very own podcast all day of the week. And, I mean, we gave it its very own podcast essentially a few – like about a month ago. It It's disgusting how so many of us want to fill that void of football, not having football in the offseason by playing some Madden, by playing some good simulation football, you know, tr- truly being able to become a general manager, build your team from the bottom up, and – and do everything in your power to win that coveted Super Bowl that every team wants. And I've had a lot of fun with Madden. Do not get me wrong. I mean, Madden's what really got me into the NFL. I I, I bought Madden 17, and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to learn all the players. And I learned all the players, and then I was just like, I love football now. This is dope. And then after that, I just have watched football ever since. But, like, they they got to do something better, man. And I just don't believe in EA. EA just cares about the microtransactions that comes that comes with Mutt, and it's disgusting. I hate EA. I hate Madden, and I just want something better. It's it sucks, man. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't have said it any better than you. Yeah, boy, howdy, this sucks. Yeah. But that's about all that we had for this podcast um we just have our quick little predictions on the game that will be coming up tomorrow night 
the Texans and Chiefs. Uh, I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champions. I do believe that despite um, Deshaun Watson, that this Texans team is just completely outmatched. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chiefs are going to, they're going to, I think they're going to trample the Texans. I, I don't, yeah, I think, I, I think it's, I don't think it's going to be that close. The Chiefs are playing an arrowhead. Um, it's going to be really exciting. So I, I just, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a shutout, obviously, but I just can't see the Texans putting up that many points because, yeah, I just can't. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of written itself. Yeah. Absolutely. And did you have anything else for us, Russell? No, not not at all. Um, I'm super excited for this upcoming week. It's going to be a very exciting one. Um, I hope everybody else is going to be watching NFL from the safety of their home, from watching all the games. I got all day Sunday blocked out just to watch Red Zone, watch some more Red Zone, and then watch the Sunday night game. I'm just so excited, and I hope all of you are too. Football's back. We've all been waiting for this for so many months, and it's it's just a time to be happy. That's all I can say. It's just a time to be happy, Alex. All right, man. Yep. And just rem- I'll reiterate that too. Yeah, everyone, just stay safe. Um, watch football from the comfort in your house. You don't have to go out to the bars or anything. As much as I love to do that on some Sundays, just stay at home. Uh, order carry-in, do DoorDash or something if you want your fill of chicken wings and burgers or whatever you like just stay safe uh we're still in a pandemic uh if you do go and get food uh for carry out wear your mask just be courteous of everyone around you and once again we are not a normal football podcast you can check us out on facebook youtube twitter at not normal football my name is alex and with my good buddy russell we're signing off and we'll see you next week for our recap of week one of the NFL season. We'll see you later.